Welcome back to the Katie Flea Show. I'm super, super pumped about today's guest. She happens to be a client of mine, but she does some really, really cool work. And so today we're going to talk about all things marriage and spouses and relationships and all the things. So Miss Monica, thank you for joining us. So happy. Yeah, thank you. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. So kind of just, first of all, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of, a little bit about what it is that you actually do. Yeah. So I am, I mean, I'm, a, I'm married. I'm a mom of five. My full-time gig is a, I'm a pharmacist. So I work in the medical field most of the time, but my heart and my passion is to help wives and to help marriages. So I help to coach them through just really finding that spark and the ability to find freedom and to have a revived marriage because they're there for a reason. And, you know, there's no reason that you can have success in that as well as other things in your life. So good. Well, let's just, let's just dive right in. So I'm just going to ask you some questions and you just answer however you want to answer. All right. Kind of, let's start with a little bit about your story. And I'll be honest, I don't even know a ton about your story, but I know you got a good one. So let's start off with that. Like, tell me a little bit more about your story and, and your relationship with your husband and like, what kind of led you guys to where you are at today? Yeah. So my husband and I met 24 years ago. So we were both in high school. We went to different schools. I always tell him that if we went to the same high school, he would have never had a chance, but so, which is good because I didn't need to know all his business then. But, um, so we dated all through college, all of those things got married when I was still in pharmacy school. And then we just started our life together, kind of moved up back towards home and life just kind of went as it does. You go through the motions. We started having children and things just started kind of getting rocky in the sense that we, we brought a lot of baggage to our marriage that we never knew how to deal with or handle or any of those things. You know, one day my husband's like, you know what? I'm an alcoholic. And I was like, well, you better figure that out because we don't have time for that. Right. And we, I'm like, you fix it. I don't have time to deal with your problems. And we kind of went on our way until one day it became my problem. And he just left one day, you know, it was me, three kids. I was trying to figure everything out and I didn't know what to do. So the way I lived our life and controlled our family was I had to keep up with the Joneses. I wanted everyone to think that everything on the outside and on the inside looked as clean and as spectacular as it could. So my only way to handle that was to control it. And that meant I controlled everything. What, what our family did, the choices we made, the things that we bought, the, you know, every, the, every way that it looked. And that right there, I, I know yeah. some relate to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. And it took me a while to realize that I did that because I didn't want anyone else to hurt me. And therefore I did everything I could to make sure that that didn't happen. And all that ended up doing was running my husband into the ground even more because he wasn't meeting his own life expectations, let alone mine. So I made sure he felt that, you Mm -hmm. know, 
So it became ugly. And then I was blindsided when he left one day and didn't come back for a while even. So we went through five years of ups and downs of literally like, you know, he would leave and come home. I'd let him come home and, you know, his addiction would get worse and worse. And then we would find ourselves kind of in the same cycle of, you know, how are we going to get better? How are we going to get better? But I wasn't really fixing anything about myself. I was expecting him to fix everything about him. And then I just, one day I woke up and realized things had to be different. So good. So good. Yeah. So can you kind of take us back to that time? Like, was there something specific that happened that made, when you say like, wake up, like what is, remember anything specific that made you wake up and and knew that you had to do something about it instead of just trying to cover it up? Yeah. And I, I did a lot of covering up for a handful of months. And then, you know, during this time, I had a very strong Christian group of women that were a part of this whole process. They mentored me and they helped me through this, but probably about five years, five or even six years prior to this moment happening, I remember going to a marriage conference and the, one of the speakers, she said, you have to take responsibility for your role in your marriage. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I hope my husband does that, you know, writing that on my paper. You know, it's like when you go to church and you're like, I hope my husband's listening to this today. Nudging your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Nudging your neighbor usually (laughs) means that that's for you. Right. So there was a moment in my suffering per se that I remembered what is my role in my marriage and what am I contributing to the, to the chaos that we're living in right now? And it might not have prevented the addiction that we went through, but it sure as heck didn't help it. Right. So I realized that I was controlling that I had, I had taken control over everything and I didn't allow my husband to be a husband or my husband to be a dad. I was not allowing him to be who he was created to be. And that was moment one. And then there was a second moment where I had completely lost. I was like, I'm done, you know, praying to God, like, I can't love this man anymore. I can't love this life that I'm living. Like, this is like, why am I even trying? Because we were still in the ups and downs. And I mean, it was my husband's side of the story is very extreme. I mean, we dealt with infidelity during this process. We dealt with, he ended up in jail. Um, He went to rehab a few times, like all of these things. I mean, he continued to, I guess, fall deeper and deeper into the addiction until he had nowhere to go. With that said, there was a moment when I just gave up and I'm like, I can't, I can't love him anymore. Like, what am I even supposed to do? Why am I still doing this? Why am I still fighting for something that, you know, is, is never going to happen. And I specifically remember God speaking to me and he says, you have to love him the way that I love him, not the way that you love him. And it was that moment that I no longer saw my husband as the man I had created him to be, but I then saw him as the man he was created to be. And that's the hope that I held on to that propelled us for really the, even the next couple years, which seems just crazy, but it, it was, and I was able to, that allowed healing because I no longer saw the infidelity as my problem. It was, it was never about me. I was able to heal from my pain that caused a lot of the control. And I was really actually able to understand what love meant in every area of 
of, of all of my relationships, I should say. So, wow. What a story girl. What a story. So, you know, leading up to that. So where you were and Mm -hmm. where you are now, which is like a complete 180, Mm -hmm. what took place in that time span? And how did you, like, how did you just shifted. I know you, you mentioned something about, you have to take responsibility for Mm -hmm. the play in your marriage. So like, what was that? And how did you shift all of that to really, to get it to where it is now? Yeah. So, and I speak on this too, a lot in that if I would have healed all of my stuff and my husband never would have taken his ownership of his stuff and role and all of those things, it probably never would have been successful. Could we, we could have made it many more years. Absolutely. But it still would have been this battle and this fight. The opposite would have been the same if he would have gotten sober, been where he was and I never took care of my stuff, then we, it still would have been miserable. But here's the thing. I, I realized that the baggage I brought in as a child, I was, I was molested by, uh, by family. I had a lot of abandonment issues, rejection issues, all of those things um, as a kid and a young adult. And I brought all of that in and that was the control part of it because I felt that if like, especially as an adult, like no one, like I was no longer going to let that happen. And actually I was just creating my own pain. You know, Um, the other part was, is I kept speaking all this. I never, well, let me go back in the sense that dealing with that and healing from that and actually, you know, our, our process is very spiritual in the sense that we do, we do have a relationship with the Lord and we, you know, allow him to cultivate us and all of those things. And that's a part of our ministry in that sense, but it really has allowed us to actually heal and find freedom. Because if I would have dealt, and even my husband dealt with all of those things, the years leading up to us being married and all of that, things would have probably looked a lot different. Sometimes it's not until it's too late until we realize we have room to grow. We can be better. We can heal. We don't have to live in pain. We can be loved. We can love, you know, all of those things are so important. And then just really that, that my husband understanding, I guess, really what marriage looks like and how that, what that unit looks like. And, you know, that we're a team and, and all of those things, but those were huge. And just getting us, it took a long time, you know, weren't overnight fixes, right? It took us a while, but then it was that moment that I, there was a moment when I realized like, we're not the only ones in this boat, you know, and there's so many people that need healing. And it's not about you know, do I have the credentials to like save all these marriages and air quotes, right? That's not the issue, but I know like what saved me. And if that works for anyone else, then we're going to keep spreading that word. Right. Yeah. So good. So good. So you mentioned even just as we've talked just, you know, throughout our coaching together, loving yourself. And, and what is, what does that mean? Because I know that you know, and this is not even just in marriages, but really everything in life, everything that you do, it all starts with you, right? It all starts with us and, and our love for ourselves. And there's so many people that just like genuinely don't have that. So what does it mean to actually love yourself and how does that affect 
things like marriages or, or, or other relationships. Yeah. You know, you'll hear like people will say, I'm going to throw out a couple truth bombs. I feel like that's one thing I'm very honest with, with most of my clients, really anyone, like if you know me, I'm going to be honest and that's just where we're at. But the, the whole, like I've fallen out of love with somebody is actually bull crap. Um, and love, love is a choice. And that goes for everyone. You choose to love yourself. You choose to love your spouse. You choose to love someone. Like it doesn't just, because if if I base my marriage on falling in and out of love with my husband, I mean, this would happen every third day, right? Because like (laughs) husbands can be frustrating sometimes. (laughs) And so can us wives. Sure. Yep. 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 We're about there, right? So (laughs) here's the deal. Like you have to make a choice, like just like with ourselves, we have to make the choice to replace that negative thought with something different. It's plain and simple. You know, we all, it's all a training aspect, training our mind to change the belief systems in our heart, because those were ingrained in us many, many years ago. And if you don't start doing it, it's never going to fix anything. You cannot love someone any more than you understand the love that you either have for yourself or that you are loved. If it's a spiritual level, you know, if, if that is who you are, like understanding the love that God has for you, you then can love someone just that much because that's huge. If maybe that, you know, you are not someone that is like religious, even loving yourself and replacing those terrible thoughts and the things that people have said about you and all of those things, it allows you to then project that on to other people. You know, the saying of hurt people, hurt people. It's true. When you're angry and you're mad, you want to be hurtful. You're going to be angry and mad at whoever that is, you know, and that goes, that goes back and forth, but it's a choice in the end. It's always a choice and you have to choose. You can choose, right? What is the other thing people say? You choose the hard. Well, you choose the hard, you know? Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. That's so true is I think, would you agree with this that a lot of times we don't realize how hurt we actually were or like how much trauma we went through as a child, as a teenager, as you know, when we're in our early twenties until later on in life, when it starts to like show up or project out onto other people. Yeah. And you know, there's physical evidence of this, like the pain you hold on to, there's things that it has to come out. Like our body, we were actually not created to hold on to all of that. It can come out in any way. So for Monica, it came out in food. What did I do? I wanted to eat food all the time. It filled that hole. It filled that space. And it actually wasn't until this last year that I actually had complete, I literally thought I would deal with a food addiction for the rest of my life. I'm like, I'm never going to be healed from that. And it wasn't until this past year that I actually had true freedom from that. But it's taken that long. Like I'm 41 years old. It's not like I'm a spring chicken anymore, but it's the same thing as our bodies were not created to hold on to that. And unfortunately, all that pain has a root and it has, you have to find it and you have to pull it and you have to dig for it. And we create our own mechanisms to block all of that out. I mean, that's our nature as humans. So, you know, that's what we do. And it sucks big time to pull that out. It sucks to have to relive it, but to 
to go through that process, whether you do it with someone professionally or a coach or whatever that is, it will always bring something positive in the end. Mm. It just is hard to get through, but it's worth it. It is. It's very hard to get through. So what would you say to somebody then who is maybe going through a lot of things, uh, maybe like, let's just say in their marriage specifically, Mm -hmm. that maybe doesn't realize how much they are actually projecting onto the other person? Like, what would you say to somebody like that who maybe just genuinely doesn't know? You know what I mean? that they are actually responsible for 50% of the problems that they're facing. It's hard in that sense when you, if someone is questioning it, so say someone came up and they're like talking to you about your marriage and they're just like, man, my husband is this, my husband is that. And, you know, if, of course, if they want advice, you know, they always say, don't give advice unless someone asks for it, which is kind of true because people sometimes don't want to hear it anyways. Right. And, um, So if they're asking for it, they already know they just haven't owned up to it. Right. So the issue is really, are they going, are they vulnerable enough to actually listen to what you have to say? I always, if my clients aren't willing to be vulnerable, I don't really, I'm like, when you're ready, come and talk to me. Because if you're vulnerable, then that means there's a little bit of softness in your heart. It doesn't have to be complete, but it's a little bit enough to get you to the next step. That means I can push you maybe a little bit and you'll be willing to go, right? If they're not vulnerable enough to like even do that or to recognize that, they're not ready. They're really not ready for change, right? And I think you talk about this all the time. It really comes down to action. (laughs) It comes down to being willing to say something's not right. It's probably all my spouse in air quotes, Yeah, but, but we got to figure something out, right? If they're even willing to listen a little bit, there's going to be enough challenge to either make or break them. And I always tell clients it's going to get worse before it gets better, because that's usually what happens when you open those floodgates, you know, when you open up those wounds, when you open up that stuff, when you recognize, oh, I suck too. Okay. That's hard for people to handle. It was hard for me to handle. Yeah. Well, I think. Just in anything in life, it's hard to accept, or I, I don't know if accepts the right word, but like claim or take responsibility. Yeah. Admit, I mean, and that's like with what you do in marriages and you know, what I do and yeah. in addictions with food and you know, whatever, like it is so hard. I, that might be some of the hardest things you'll ever do is to actually like admit that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got to accept this. But what, don't you think it's like so freeing almost when you do and like actually take, it's almost like you're taking back that power. Absolutely. Yeah. Because in the end, so what, what I always say and what people say this all the time, this isn't any, anything new in the sense of you can't fix your spouse. Right. So, and that is why, like you just explain why, because I can try and fix my husband as much as I want, but until he owns it, he can't fix it. He, he doesn't see that. Like he's being a grouch every day at 7 PM. Like that used to be one of our issues. I called it my husband's witching hour. Like there was a time of the day where he was capped out and it was time for him to be done. But until he recognized that he didn't change it. Like I could be like, Hey, you're being a turd right now. And he would just be like, quit nagging me. 
And we never moved on. I would still stay frustrated. He would still be a grouch at 7 p.m. every day. And then we just all knew to prepare and like hold hold down the house because dad's going to get frustrated. But the issue was like once he recognized it, oh, you might be right. Okay, I'm so glad you figured that out. Like, (laughs) you know, and because it's amazing when they can do that, allow your man to be a man, allow your man to figure it out for himself. That's the most empowering thing that a man can experience is when his wife or girlfriend or wherever you're at allows them to just be a man. And that was the hardest thing for me, to be honest, my husband failed a business and all of these things. And I'm sitting there like, I can't fix this. And my mentors were like, you can't fix this. Let it just let him fail. And guess what he did. And it was, you know, heart wrenching and it took us years to recover from it, but it was unfortunately a needed part of the process. He had to do that on his own because I couldn't rescue him anymore. Like he had to figure it out. So, yeah. I love that. And and I think too, I don't know if it's just a man thing or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just a certain personality type, but I think a lot of times too, it's almost like you can suggest something all you want to your spouse, but it's like, it's almost like they have to, yes, they have to take responsibility, but it's almost like you have to position it to where that was their idea. Absolutely. Right. Right. So it's so funny. I just watched a TikTok the other night about that. And it was, it's like my secret pleasure. I don't want anybody to know that I do it, but guess what? Now it's on a podcast. So I that, everybody. I know. <laughs> right. So, but it was the same thing. It was a, it was the opposite, but he's like, honey, guess where I'm going to take you for dinner. And she said, wherever she wanted to go. And he's like, what? We thought the same thing, you know? Right. And so now he never has to like pick because, you know, we always have our own place in mind. Anyways, we know how it goes. That'd be their idea. I love that. So that was going to be my next question is, can you fix your spouse? So let's say you're working on you, you're loving yourself, you're taking responsibility for the role that you play and what you're contributing. But at the end of the day, your spouse also needs to meet you. Yeah. So a funny, like on a physical level. So I've dealt with my weight or not being happy with myself for all of my adulthood, like even before that. And so my husband is not extremely tall. He's just a little bit taller than me, 125 pounds. He's always been smaller than me, our whole entire relationship. This is not new. Well, Monica started taking care of herself. And all of a sudden my husband's like, you know what? She's feeling good about herself. She's like, have, you know, getting results. And my husband for the first time in his life has been going to the gym. He, I mean, he's bulked up. He now weighs more than I do, which has never happened in our entire relationship, which is sexy because as a woman, that's kind of, you're like, oh gosh, I'm way more than my husband, you know? And now like he weighs more than me, which makes all things more interesting and fun because you just, he feels, you know, it's not like he wasn't manly before. Like I didn't view him that way, but now he's like manly, manly and it's sexy and it's hot and all those things. But here's the deal. I didn't expect that from him, nor did I want that. He did that all on his own. He was inspired by my change. And therefore, so that can go in any area of your life. If you're working on yourself, you're working on your attitude, your spouse is going to see that. And they're going to be like, what? 
Like I see my wife is doing better. Maybe I should do something too. And like, that's really where that comes from on. If you don't fix yourself, it's not gonna, it's not gonna do anything anyways. So yeah. Because at the end of the day, nobody else can fix you, right? Nobody, like it's literally all on you to fix yourself. So if you can get that in check and you, you know, all of the things, then also would you agree that, and and you kind of just said it, but it's like when you can focus on that and you can focus on loving yourself and you can focus on just being a better person, (laughs) you know, and controlling what you can control that genuinely does trickle down into other areas of your life. Absolutely. All of them, they're all going to experience benefit. Yeah. As a parent, as a spouse, like your relationships outside of here. I mean, that's a whole nother segment itself, you know, because you learn how, oh, you just learn so many things, boundaries and all of those things in the process of understanding that. And yeah, I mean, put it all in perspective, right? And if you're sitting here listening to this podcast and you're like, okay, I hear what they're saying. But if your spouse came to you and was like, so I think you should start working out and eating a little bit better, you'd be like, screw you. And I'm going to eat what I want, but into a cheeseburger. Right. So that's the idea. When you're inspired to do it on your own, you're like, yeah, this is the best new idea I've got. I'm going to take care of myself. Intent. It sounds like common sense, but we all know the battle because we're humans. Right. So it's just that like, stop trying to fix your spouse because it's never going to get you where you want them to be or where they want to be. If anything, it's going to probably move them in the opposite direction. So, yeah. And I think too, just like, and I know that a lot of times it does come from a good place when we try to quote unquote, fix them, you Mm -hmm. know, but for somebody that's like hurting and dealing with some Mm -hmm. crap anyway, and it, it almost, it does not project that way often, especially when it comes from the wife or the, you know, the husband, it's like, it almost comes off as nagging. And then it just kind of like, well, that you know, that kind of makes things worse even. Yeah. And it spirals you, you, it creates resentment. And then like, oh, you know, my wife just nags me all the time. Well, I'm going to show her or my, you know, husband, it might, they might not nag you, but they shut down, you know, so they don't help around the house or they, you know, it, whatever it might be that you need in your marriage. Yeah. I mean, it becomes an effect. uh, It affects all of those areas, especially in your marriage to where that's why it's just so important to deal with whatever the trauma is. And it doesn't even, you know, I've talked about some pretty intense things like, or mentioned them, but it doesn't mean that that's your trauma. Like your pain is your pain, like, and it's still pain, right? It might not look like what mine did, but it's still hurt and it's still valid. And you your husband is not that person. I mean, he could have, it could have been in some situations, but then you guys, you have to figure that out. But you know, you, you and your spouse are the most, the, the reflection of the love or the love that you project as, as a husband and wife is generationally exponential. So if that makes sense. So figuring that out is going to be, it's going to affect so many people in so many areas, friends, family, your children, all of those things. It's funny you say that because I literally, I'm getting ready to record a podcast with my husband because I put a a Q&A out the other day on Instagram. I was like, well, this will be fun, you know, this to choose, like, let the audience pick a few topics and then talk about them. And that was one of the things was that marriage came up. And so as I was like reflecting on like how to answer this question, it's very interesting to me because we have a wonderful marriage now 
And I'm not saying it all, it hasn't always been wonderful, but there was a lot of crap that we had to work through. One being the fact that I did not grow up with parents that showed affection towards each other. I literally did not know how to do that. I never saw my parent and they are now divorced, which by the way, I have amazing parents. I really do. They were not a good married couple, but I never saw them hold hands. I never once in my life saw them kiss. And so I would say like the first 10 years of my marriage, that was actually like really hard for me to do to my husband, just because that's what I knew. And now it's like, once I could recognize like why I was like that, now it's like, I love grossing my kids out. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. But it's also like, I want, I didn't grow up knowing that and and really seeing what a a good marriage looked like. And so I want to make sure that I don't care if my kids are grossed out. I want them to see a mommy and a daddy that like genuinely love each other. Absolutely. In fact, it's funny because my daughter especially gets super grossed out. And so, I mean, come on, we're not like, we keep it. G rated. Okay. But like, you know, he might grab my butt or, you know, you know, dip me and maybe give me a big old kiss that, you know, my daughter's like mortified and my 14 year old, this was just a couple weeks ago. And he goes, Charlie, would you rather have parents that hate each other? Um, I know. I was just like, but it's so true. You know, like that. I mean, even though I know that it, it does gross them out, it's still like, I know that they're hopefully one day when they get married, absolutely like, you can still like your spouse too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, I never realized it until I'm like, you're still, you're what, what's going to happen when our kids leave, right? It's going to be heartbreaking. But the thing is, is like, will you still love each other? Will you still, how will you feel when you're not, you're not physically preoccupied? That's a big deal because if it's going to be terrible, why waste your time? I mean, I'm all for marriage. Like I will, I will tell you that and I will help you fight for your marriage hundred percent. But in the end, like girl, like if you can't, when there's no one else around, what, what's the, what's the worth the effort, right? Cause in, you know, 15 years, you'll just be miserable. And then that should be the time that, but yeah, yeah that's like a whole nother thing. Yes, it is. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think that's exactly what, I mean, I don't know this, but I think that's exactly kind of what happened with my parents. It's like, they were together just, that was it. And then it was like, the kids left. And then they're like, okay, like we literally have no reason to be together now. And here we are, you know? Right. Yeah. And like, for me, I'm like, shoo, I don't, I mean, no offense, but I wouldn't want to waste all of that time. And it's not like, I mean, sure, that's great, but it's, it, you know, would it have provided anything different for your children? Because just like you said, you didn't see the affection and the love that like they are allowed to experience. So like, would, would you have missed out? I mean, you don't know and that's okay, but those are the things that like are so impactful, like enjoy that time, this time right now that you have together. All right, girl. Well, hey, as we wrap up, just kind of tell us where uh, we can find you, whether that's on yeah. social media or like if if maybe there's, you know, a woman listening to this that really needs help with her marriage. Like, what are the next steps for them? Where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. So right now I have, I have a wonderful team working on my website, so it's not quite ready yet, but we'll get there. But here's the deal. You can find me on um, rivers.partyof7 on Instagram. And that has 
I mean, I would just message me. That's going to be the absolute easiest way to do that. Connect with me on Instagram. We'll get you set up with all the other details and um, even just start a conversation, like to know if this is the right thing for you or whatever that looks like. Everything's done virtually. So you can be anywhere. It doesn't matter. And we can, we can do like coaching virtually um, and there's packages and all that jazz set up, but yeah. Rivers dot party of seven. Correct. Yep. R I V E R S that party of seven. Yep. Perfect. I'll leave that in the show notes too. Just awesome. Uh, But thank you so much for this conversation. I am truly honored. You have no idea. Oh my God. Well, and I know so many people are really going to be inspired by your story. Oh gosh, girl. It's, it's, it's a powerful one. And also just want to redemption and hope and, you know, like love. Yeah. That's awesome. So, well, and we want to see our, our company is marriage revived. And you know what, that's what we want to see is more and more marriages revived anywhere and everywhere, because there's so much power in a strong marriage and it's everyone's capable of having that. Mm, So good. So good. All right, girl. Well, I talk to you inside a boxer. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Thank you all so much for joining Monica and I today. I know this was a really, really powerful conversation and I really hope that it served as just to give you hope. And, you know, if you are experiencing some rough patches in your marriage or even just personally, I really hope that you use this story as inspiration. I also want to apologize if the audio is poor quality. (laughs) Um, Listen, I'm as real as they come. And if you heard any sort of dogs in the background or my phone going crazy from my 11 year old daughter, I do apologize. Sorry about that. Uh, But you know what? Hey, this is, this is me. This is real life. Um, I even turned off my phone once she started texting me, but the messages still came on my computer. And you know what? I don't know if this makes me old or what, but um, I can't figure out how to not get the text messages come through my computer. Anyway, so just giving you a heads up. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Thank you for looking past all of that and focusing on the beautiful message that was just shared. Talk to you soon.